what do you say to get back together with your ex? What are the conversations that you need to have to make all of this happen? That's what we're going to be talking about in this video. So please stay tuned through to the end because we're going to be talking about all sorts of valuable things that you can do to get started having the conversations that you need to have to get back together with your ex. Hey there, it's Clay with modernlove.life. All right, so let's go ahead and break this down. Now, I've been on a lot of calls and I've heard a lot of people's stories uh, about their relationships, their breakups, what went wrong and all that sort of stuff. And we can boil a lot of this down to a pretty simple path that most people need to take to get back together with their ex. Now, the first thing is we have to understand that most relationships come apart in large because the two people in the relationship stop seeing each other as being on the same team at some point in time. Now, obviously a great relationship that lasts, you know, a lifetime where the two people are just head over heels in love with one another, you could probably imagine that they're going to see themselves as being on the same team in life. However, that's not how most people start relationships. That's not how most people enter into the dating world. You know, they may often think, you know, oh, hey, I'm a man and you're a woman, therefore we're fundamentally, you know, enemies or I'm a woman, you're a man, or, um, you know, you have this personality type, I have that one, or you have this attachment style, I have that one, or, or you're, you have this um, love language, I have that one, you're from this culture, I'm from that one, you're from this social class, and, you know, just, just look at any magazine rack as you're buying groceries, and you'll see all of these sorts of things that say, you know, oh, hey, men are this way, women are that way, whatever. That's obviously not going to set us up to be on the same team. So, if you're gonna make this work, and you're gonna start by seeing your ex as an enemy, which a lot of people do, there has to be some switch along the way where you switch from being on opposite teams to being on the same team if you're gonna have this great loving relationship. And it's hard to make this switch um, as you're moving forward. So what usually makes sense is to just get the switch in place right at the beginning and be on the same team. So most people I talk to could benefit from having a same team conversation with their partner to get them onto the same team, to get them to see each other as being on the same team and to uh, lower the pressure so they can start actually connecting with one another. This can be really powerful. In fact, you know, I actually recommend, you know, asking them, would you be open to being on the same team or something along those lines when you're in the midst of one of these conversations? And of course, you know, it's probably not best to just ask this sort of thing or have this conversation out of the blue. We want to um, open up and get into a state of rapport most likely first before we have a same team conversation. But you know, again, it does depend on some of the nuance of the, of the situation and all that sort of stuff as well too. But having a same team conversation is usually one of the first things that you're going to want to do. Now from there, we'll go ahead and get into some longer term uh, things that you can focus on as well too. But first, if you do like these videos, please make sure you hit the thumbs up button for that's interesting. Who is that guy? What's his name? Clay Andrews. Clay Andrews, huh? Now, let me just let y'all in on a little secret. I send all of these video clips to Andy. But I only listen to about 60 seconds of them when I'm picking them. <laughs> So this is, I'm with y'all. This is my first time hearing what he said. A same team conversation. That's very interesting. 
He said most people come into relationships from an oppositional perspective. That was interesting. The chat room has already found the clip. They're already putting it in the chat. Tonight's topic. Hey, this is one of Sarah's. One of uh, Sarah, again, is the, the co-executive producer of my television show. This is one of her topics. She asked me to do it. So here we are. Lazarus love. A deeper look into resurrecting a love that once died. <laughs> I want to take this in a different direction. I want to ask the callers who call in tonight, because again, this is a conversation. This is not a monologue. This is a conversation, an open, non-judgmental space where everybody's perspective and opinion matters. Now, I know a lot of people want me to argue with people and back them down and shut them down. I don't want to do that. I want you to come in and talk and share. So for all the callers that call in tonight, I want to know three things that would make you reconsider getting back with an ex. But then I also want you to give me three things that would make you say, oh, hell no, never again. <laughs> I want you to call in and tell me what situation and circumstance would be conducive for you to say, you know what? This is okay. I can do this again. I'm very interested. Yes, three reasons to get back with your ex and three reasons to never look back. Lazarus love. For most people, let me just ask. Let me ask this question. I don't know. You tell me. Most people, once they're done with somebody, they're done, right? Right? Most people don't ever want to go back, right? 1-800-920-1580. Somebody call me. When is resurrecting a dead relationship ever worth the time energy and effort to do so can you name three things where you could say yeah man i'll do it or absolutely not you know why because these three things exist here's my three things that would make me go oh hell no i'm gonna come right off the top of the dome close-mindedness stubbornness rigidity um, I don't like a person that's too integrated into the toxic society. In other words, uh, if I'm asking you about you and you're giving me society's standards for a person, your age, your race, you know, and your economic situation, I, I don't like people who sound like the system, who sound like the matrix. I don't like that. That's just me. Um, I don't like passive aggressive. I don't like abusers. I don't like disrespect. It's a lot of pieces for me. I'm sorry. I said three. I gave more. Uh, what would make me reconsider, though? Accountability. 
If somebody stepped up and said, I'm a human too, and I'm flawed too, and this is what I contributed to the last meltdown of our situation, right? I would be like, oh, okay. Personal responsibility, accountability. And I love what uh, the clip said. Yo, I want to be a team. They come back expressing, I want to be a team. I want to work together. I want to work with you. I also think forgiveness is a big piece. They come in saying, forgive me for what I contributed to the relationship that caused it to fall the first time. What defines the strength of Lazarus love? And how does it compare to love in its initial bloom? I think Lazarus, Lazarus love has the potentiality to be stronger than the initial love because you've been through something and you got through it. You got over it and you found yourself. Right. Back with the person. I think that love has a potential to be stronger. You don't have to agree with me. If you disagree, call me 1-800-920-1580. Are there traces of past grievances and hurts that linger in the resurrected love? Or can it truly start fresh? After you've crashed and burned, do you think you can get over being burnt? 1-800-920-1580. What strategies can be employed to utilize uh, the existing love as a foundation for cultivating new behaviors and habits within the new, newly formed or newly resurrected or the Phoenix relation? Let's call it the Phoenix relationship. It came back from the ashes. 1-800-9-2058, I want to talk to everybody tonight. In the process of resurrecting love, how can couples view each other with renewed perspectives? Oh, Lord. Is the love experienced in the resurrection phase fundamentally different from the initial love? Or does it bear similarities? Is it unrealistic to think that it's going to feel like it used to feel? 1-800-920-1580. Can, can it feel better? It's got to feel better. I think. Right? <laughs> 1-800-920-1580. What dynamics can come into play when the heart experiences a resurgence of love, but the mind remains skeptical and uncertain? Can past mistakes and conflicts be resolved in the context of resurrected love? Or do they persist as unresolved issues? This is a heavy topic tonight. Thank you, Sarah. Lazarus love. A deeper look into resurrecting a love that was once dead. It's backed by popular demand. Sarah said we needed to talk about it. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear your thought process. You already know the phone lines are open. We're already all over the country already. We got Atlanta, Georgia. We got Los Angeles in the building by way of Queens, New York. And we've got Detroit, Michigan. And we're already all over the country. Listen, 
When I come forward, your brother Zoe is going to the phone lines. Let's get it. Many tensions within relationships can usefully be looked at through the prism of a concept much used within psychotherapy, the idea of rupture and repair. For psychotherapists, every relationship is at risk of moments of frustration or, as the term has it, of rupture, when we suffer a loss of trust in another person as someone in whom we can safely deposit our love and whom we believe can be kind and understanding of our needs. The ruptures are often quite small and to outside observers perhaps imperceptible. One person fails to respond warmly to another's greeting. Someone tries to explain an idea to their partner who shrugs and says offhandedly that they have no idea what they're on about. In front of friends, a lover shares an anecdote which casts the partner in a less than flattering light. Or the rupture can be more serious. Someone calls someone a stupid fool and slams a door. A birthday is forgotten. An affair begins. The point about ruptures is that they say nothing in themselves about a relationship's prospects of survival. There might be constant, rather grave ruptures and no breakup. Or there might be one or two tense moments over a minor disagreement and then things head towards collapse. So what determines the difference is something that psychotherapists are especially keen to teach us about. The capacity for what they term repair. Repair refers to the work needed for two people to regain each other's trust and restore themselves in the other's mind as someone who is essentially decent and sympathetic and can be a good enough interpreter of their needs. As psychotherapy points out, repair isn't just one capacity among others. It is arguably the central determinant of one's mastery of emotional maturity. It is what identifies us as true adults. Good repair relies... Wow, that was heavy. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Voice of Reason live on KBLA Talk 1580 from the heart of Lamert Park. Zoe Williams is on fire once again. Lazarus love. A deeper look into, I guess, uh, the technique for resurrecting a love that was once dead. Can love come back from the dead? Or are you like most people? Once it's dead, it's gone. Dead and gone. Dead and gone. Gone, gone. I want to know. We got callers on the line. Let's get them in here. Brandon, Los Angeles. Talk to me. Yo. So what's good? Hey, what's up, brother? What do you think about tonight's topic? Ah, that's a great one. Um, kind of going through this myself. Uh, supposed to uh, hang out with a past uh, ex this week uh, to catch up and maybe rekindle. Really? Well, well, yes. well, how did it how how did it get rebooted? Like, is it is it is it being rebooted or is this rebooty? <laughs> um. It, it got uh, booted uh, because uh, the young lady lived in a uh, dangerous area, and I didn't feel comfortable uh, going to the area from past trauma uh, from living in New York. So, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable going to the area, so that's why. That was, like, one of the main reasons why we broke up. But other than that, the relationship was cool. So it it wasn't really a relational problem. It was it was a location problem. It was it was her yeah. ge- <laughs> it was where she her lived. Geography. Her geography, yeah. yes. 
Yeah. So y'all relationship they, is actually cool. It was cool. Yeah, actually cool. It was actually cool. Yes. So, but let me cool. just say this, man. I, you, mm-hmm. What part of New York are you from? Queens. Queens. Okay. So I understand. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Listen. Yeah. But you're out of towner out here. I. I mean, I don't think you would have been bothered. Well, it depends on what hood she lived in, I guess. Right, uh, Martin Luther King crush, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, Obama Boulevard. Oh, the jungles. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Y'all needed yeah, to meet yeah. uh, north of Wilshire. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, listen, man. I understand. You, Hey, you got to take care of yourself, man. And, and especially if you're not from here and you don't know the culture and how, how to move in the culture. I understand. Right. But you got a car. Well, you might not. You're from New York. No, not yet. See, so that's New York. The whole mentality to New York, get a car, (laughs) drive to her hood, just whip through there, tell her, listen, soon as I, hey, I'm going to hit you a mile away. You need to be standing outside. (laughs) Now, you know, in L.A., a mile takes 15 minutes. Facts. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Boom. Get there. She got to be outside. Get in the car. Get in. And then you skirt off. Right. The, the, the ill thing, though, she would always come to my place because my place was safe. I live near downtown. My place was safe. It was convenient. And it was close to her job. Okay. But look, yeah. the jungles are safe once you get inside. Right. You can't linger. In the jungle. No, no. You can't linger outside. But listen, you tell her, where's your parking space? Oh, it's in my building. Great. A mile away. (laughs) I'm a mile away. Be standing. I'll be in the Uber. Oh, good. Well, okay. Yeah, Uber. Okay, Uber works. I'm a mile away. Come outside and we rush into the crib. Because, listen. (laughs) If if she's a good woman and she's worth it, it might be worth the risk. Just don't right. go down there in blue, and you'll be fine. That right, right, black and gray, <laughs> black gray, uh, mauve, like <laughs> plum. But just you'll be all right. Hey, Brandon. Hey, man, I appreciate you for reaching out. You brought Los Angeles via Queens in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Nazarene X, Atlanta, Georgia. Get in here. <laughs> hey, uh, I know you ain't so, bro. Go down there and mall for real. Like, <laughs> yo, that's what's up. Mauve. Just go down there. Mauve. Chartreuse. Tangerine. Right. <laughs> So let me ask well, you. Look. Let me ask you really quick. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Let me ask you really quick. Okay. I need three things that would be, you know, a deal breaker for you reconnecting with somebody, and I need three things that would be a deal sealer for you to reconnect with an ex. What are they? The deal breaker is dismissal of reality, like running away from what's real. Basically, ties into accountability. Um. One deal breaker for me is I, I just ask myself, plain and simple, can I respect myself in making this commitment? Mm. Whatever it is. 
if the answer is no, it's a deal breaker for me because I'm I'm willing to compromise my integrity for anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe that that would probably tie into the third one. Mm-hmm. If someone wants me to not be true to myself in any regard, then that's a deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. So that's just what it is. Um, wait, something that would wait, wait, wait. Yeah, hold that thought. When we come forward, we gonna get the rest from Nazarene X. He's in Atlanta, Georgia. Where are you from? If you want to join this conversation, it's a national one. Get in here. The number to dial is one 1580 We've got a lot to talk about. When I was reading this, I was thinking about who are the people I need to clean up things with, mm-hmm. to be in that space of cleaning up, and to be able to be in the position to say. What did I do to hurt you? Okay. How did I hurt you? What could I have done better? You, you all did all of that. Yes, we did. Yeah. And we did it because, as I said, we wanted to teach ourselves to do the same thing when mm-hmm. they got into her body. You know, like, don't attack, don't reject. So we went through that, how did I hurt you? How did I hurt you? Will you forgive me? And Wow, isn't that, that is so powerful. And as you say that, I think about all the people who are listening to us right now who have been hurt or hurt other people Mm -hmm. and how simple it would be just to... It is. It's so simple. Enter the space of peace with that by saying, how did I hurt you? How did I hurt you? Tell me. And then to listen. Then to listen. It's very hard not to get defensive. And this is why having a therapist... We only met with him twice. Mm. He taught us how to do it on our own. We then spent how months. to really listen mm-hmm. and not start with you. But what I what I didn't That's mean right. that, and I can't believe you felt that. That's and, yeah. right. Yeah. He, really, his only job the whole time was like, wait a minute, let her finish, and uh, that's so. It's simple, but it's not easy, and sometimes you need help. Mm-hmm. And not everyone is safe to do it with. This is an important yes. point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's not just important. That's essential. You have to be in agreement to do it. You do. You can't do it with somebody who is still caring, who still wants to hold on to the anger. That's right. And yeah. I, I can assure you it doesn't work because I have tried. <laughs> over and over, sometimes with the same person. Really? Yes. Um, you know, I came out of the experience like, okay, I'm going to clean it up. Yeah. But there are some people who it will threaten. There are some people who really don't want to go there and who are so wounded that they just still feel they have to wound other people. Mm. You know, Maya Angelou has a wonderful... (laughs) Some people are so wounded they still feel that they have to wound other people a lot of great points in that clip with oprah winfrey a lot of great points a a reconciliation a resurrection cannot happen unidirectionally it has to be a bi-directional commitment not 10 toes down but 20 toes down or you're just wasting your time you're spinning your wheels Nazarene X from Atlanta, Georgia. Get in here and finish your thoughts. For sure. So, uh, <laughs> on that tip of what, what could uh, make things work, right? Mm-hmm. I believe A, number one, is just me. As long as we can bring God into our relationship, we straight. And that's on 
penalty of so-called death, right? Because mm. it kind of made me think of the whole aspect of this topic. Like, I love how you even, like, drove it into the territory of it being more like some Phoenix love versus Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And I say that because, for me, real love never dies. Okay. All That's right. just that. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of being the Phoenix, I believe that the, the essence of a Phoenix it doesn't run from fire or test. It becomes it. So like when y'all this. can be together in that essence that is the refining fire, you can burn away whatever's in y'all's way. I think that's where your power is. So again, what really dies is your idea. And that's healthy. That's something that we're going to always experience as, you know, creatures on this earth. Hmm. We're going to have ideas that need to be, you know, let go of sometimes, and sometimes they can be our anchor, but we got to be willing to let some things die hmm. and in context like that. So I just believe as long That's as heavy. That's heavy. you are would able you, to be clear. Wait, wait, would mm-hmm. you let some of your old, I would you sacrifice some of your old grudges and perspectives for the love you have for an ex that you want to reconcile with? That's, that's, that's big. That is such a big point right there. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. Uh, nah, nah, you all good, huh? You know, you build it up because that's the thing. I, I feel like, first and foremost, even that question just puts it back or puts the light back on where you are internally. Like, if you still holding on to a grudge, then you don't want killing yourself anyway. Mm. That ain't the way we're supposed to be living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that part of you still needs to die away before you can really bring in something more healthy into your dynamic with someone else to that's me big. like again that's just kind of like how we we striving for it so we can let go of things all within context but again we just got to make sure we're being true to ourselves and anyone that we with on all levels as long as you can be clear confident and true to yourself and in alignment i feel like you know sky's the limit and all of that everything you'll else falls right. away yeah you'll be all right yes, sir Nazarene X, Atlanta, Georgia, you brought your city in the building. The A is in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do, all you got to do, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. D-Queen, Detroit, Michigan, get in here. Hey, I would say that I always look at any person that I'm with as a common law marriage. So if there's anything that we got, like, skeletons in our closet where you don't want to incriminate each other because of statutes of limitation, then we're going to make this shit work. Excuse me. Oh, we're going to oh, make this work. Oh, no, no profanity. We on radio, live radio. Go ahead. I'm listening now. Go ahead. Finish. Okay. So if there's skeletons in the closet and it can incriminate each other, then it's just like the court of law. You don't have to testify against your husband or your wife so i would stick to that plan and you just have to go to our graves with the information but we would make sure that we are still there for one another and i will resurrect that love again Mm, mm. so give me give me three things that would be like no no way no how can't do it i cannot do it i won't do it give me three things that are deal breakers and give me three things that are deal sealers for resurrecting a relationship well i really can't put my finger on it but i'm not isis the egyptian queen who resurrected her husband 
But if there's something that I feel like would drive a wedge in between us, then I would just handle it at that point in time with whatever the circumstances is. So I, I couldn't, I can't excommunicate myself with somebody that can incriminate me and I can incriminate them. Okay. It's like a Bonnie and Clyde type of situation, but they wasn't, you know, they just was robbing banks and stuff, but ain't no telling what happened in the midst of that. Okay, okay, D-Queen, she done brought Detroit, Michigan in the building. We appreciate everybody's perspective. You may not agree with them, but we allow them to say their piece. That's what the phone lines are for. Get in here. We want to talk to everybody. Listen, when I come forward, I'm going to Reno, Nevada, and and Houston, Texas. Texas is on the board. Let's go. How much should you share about your relationships that happened during the time you were apart. I'm gonna tell you what not to share, <laughs> all right? Don't bring the sex part up. Don't bring it up. Because oh. if you think you're gonna, yeah. no, that's gonna backfire. Guys think they're yeah. gonna be yeah. slick that with that. Conversation done no, well. yeah. no. I, I want honesty, but not necessarily the truth. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Like, you don't, I actually don't know what you're saying. Meaning, meaning, I want you to be honest and I want to know what happened, but I don't need to know the details of the situation. No, 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 no. That's, Are you talking about but sexually? That's just me. Sexually? But sexually? That's just me. Or generally? Well, if I'm getting back into a relationship with someone and it is a, it is a significant relationship and it's, it's healthy, I, if I'm feeling something, then I probably need to work on myself a little bit more if I'm insecure to the place where I'm feeling like that person needs to tell me everything or doesn't need to. Well, that's, yeah. If it's me, the only thing I need to know about the person who you were dating who wasn't me is that it's over. Right? right? You are back. You are here with yeah, me. I need to know that you're emotionally available yes. to me. I need to know that you're committed to moving this thing forward. You got to have a couple different lists. Absolutely. Of right? There's some stuff you need to know, and that's stuff you're just curious about. But I'm just no, kind of right? you the can't be curious. That's a slippery slope. I don't want to know a thing because I don't need to be holding you to the same standard when we were together when you're separate. You know what I'm saying? There like, is there, something it's to be said about knowing the who mm -hmm. and the what because you want to know if it's a friend of yours, if it's going to cause a potentially humiliating scenario, and what for your oh, health. You don't need to be with him. But the, the health element, for example, <laughs> that's, that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. But look, there's some things I need to know. If you were out there and you had a baby while you were out there in them streets, I need to know that, right? Oh, well, you're going to find that out. I'll just add that, like, my personal story is that. Our personal relationship with my wife is that. That we dated, and then I freaked out, and then we didn't date for, like, a year and a half. And then we got back together and that was it. Um, there's a reason for getting back together. You have to be sure what the reason is. I knew I was gonna spend the rest of my life with that woman because that's what I realized in my time away is that that's who I wanna be with. What happened in the last <laughs> 36 it. years of my life is my 36 years of my life. Right. You're not making a commitment to me moving forward. Wow, they had a heated little discussion. Lazarus love, a deeper look into resurrecting a love that was once dead. My guy, uh, Nazarene X said, it's not Lazarus love, it's Phoenix love because love never dies, which is why the relationship can resurrect in the first place. 1-800-9-2015-8. Let's get these callers in here. Sean from Reno, Nevada. Get in here. Wow, brother. So, so everyone knows I've been married a long time, 30 plus years and everything, but I had a couple, I had a girlfriend who dogged the hell out of me in high school. I had another one that was pretty serious before I met my best 
and better half and we're still together and you know if we were ever so i got to give a, a kind of a you know a high a, if i was not to be with someone because both of those people both tried to like you know give me that communication where you know as a guy or a girl hey are you available to for something you know and we can kind of hook up both of them did that now the first one dogged the hell out of me right and uh i would I, I like right away was like i i pulled her along for a minute i pulled her along and i and, and i know maybe it's mean and i and i because she was going through a time and maybe she thought she could hook up again um and i pulled her along and i was like mm, no the other one i said if i was single if I, if I, you know, didn't have any attachments, you know, you and I need to talk. So it really depends, right? Because right now I'm not going anywhere and I'm very content and happy. I got I'm very fortunate, but the communication is the key. And, and by the way, if you dog someone, you had that show about karma and stuff. If you dog someone way long ago, and then you try to get them back again, I hope brothers and sisters, you don't take those people back because they dog the hell out of you. And so, no, I can't forget that. And no, I wouldn't in that situation take them back. But the person who was really cool to me, if I was single and, and free to mingle, maybe. Mm, mm. Interesting take. Sean from Reno, Nevada. We appreciate you, brother. Always coming in, dropping science. We love it. We love it. We love it. If you want to bring your city into this national discussion, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. The Voice of Reason is on fire tonight. We're not playing any reindeer games. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Who's been on the longest? Atala from Houston, Texas. Get in here. Uncle Zoe, what's going on? Uh, How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. What are your, <laughs> what are your three deal breakers for resurrecting a love with an ex? <laughs> and what are your three deal sealers that will guarantee you guys <laughs> reconcile? Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so deal breakers, definitely combativeness. Combativeness. Um, oh, yeah that's, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Yes, because you know that residue of resentment can definitely still be there. Um, an unwillingness to listen or learn and deflection. That's just three that came off my head. Deflection is hella unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm saying that, but I also got to watch myself. But yes. Right, right. And then the three that will seal the deal. You go, you know what? Hey, as a matter of fact, let, let me do this for Atala right now. Put oh, on Shaka Khan through the fire as, oh, <laughs> as, as, as Atala breaks down her three through the fire. God, come on. <laughs> come on now. You know you love him. Bring him back. Oh, God. What are the three <laughs> that brings him back right. to you? All right, so number one, vulnerability. We got to address the issues in detail. And I want to see reflection and thoughtfulness, right? Um, definitely a growth in the areas of spiritual and mental improvement. Definitely just because I'm rooting for him just as much as I'm rooting for myself. So, yeah, that's something I want to see. And the last thing, a willingness to relearn your person. Because if we both grown, then that means you're technically getting to know a new person. 
feels like y'all back together right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Antela. Yeah. Come on, let let it ride. There's no saying no when it's this good. Come on, Antela, hit these notes. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the voice of reason. My co-host is riding with Attila now. Let's bring them back together. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We 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 love you. We love you, but we love your perspective, and those were good points to get back together. We, I mean, those were great points to get back together. But a lot of people do not value the reconciliation process because there's so many options now because of the internet and you know the internet has people in your dms and i mean let's just be honest like sometimes the options outweigh you know what you've already been through what are your thoughts on that wait mm, wait before you answer just hold tight we got to carry you forward when we come forward atala from houston texas is going to answer my question we on fire tonight Hi everyone, it's Dr. Romani. Welcome back to this YouTube channel on narcissism. And it's my hope that this content is going to help you make sense of these difficult and toxic relationships, people and situations, and hopefully make you cope better with what feel like impossible situations. Now we've been doing some videos on the differences between healthy and unhealthy relationships. It's important when you've been in an unhealthy relationship for so long, to understand what a healthy one looks like. And a lot of people say, I don't know that I've ever seen one. And that's my hope in these series of videos is to say, this is what happens in unhealthy narcissistic relationship. And one thing that keeps up happening in these relationships is they keep bringing up your failures and disappointments. Now, being in a narcissistic relationship is like living in a museum of grievances and portraits of all the mistakes you have ever made because you are never allowed to forget them. They are always flashed in front of your face. You get reminded about them repeatedly and they are used in arguments all of the time. What is interesting is that a narcissistic person, usually a partner, but it can also be any other significant person in your life, will seem like they have a terrible memory for things that matter to you. They will forget that you told them that you have to work late on Wednesday or that you can't pick up the kids on that particular, on a given day, or that there's a family birthday event that weekend or that your sister is sick. They will forget those things. They'll say things like, I don't remember you telling me that despite you telling them, texting them, even giving them a calendar invite. But they will manage to, to remind you or reminds you of something that you did not do right or say right years ago. Narcissistic people's memories are just fine. They just use it to hold information that upholds their victimized vision of the world rather than anything that fosters closeness with other people. If you have ever, and you will, because it's a human relationship, it happens. If you've ever wronged someone in an unhealthy or narcissistic relationship or let them down, they will remember it to their dying day and will remind you of it until that day as well. 
It's a phenomenon that really plays into the eggshell walking that unhealthy relationships require. You will often live in fear. Are they going to bring this up? Are they going to bring that up? Inevitably, they always do. You may be having a disagreement about something completely unrelated to the bad thing you did years ago, and they will still bring it around to your failings. A common gambit in unhealthy relationships is that perhaps you are discussing their chronic lateness to events where it matters. For example, being late to very important doctor's appointments or teacher conferences or school things or the airport. And you may have brought it up because this time their lateness had some real meaningful ramifications. They will then turn that around and bring it to, oh, so you're preaching to me about how I disrespect your time? Hmm. I can clearly remember when you stayed out late with your friends and did not tell me, and then I saw it on social media the next day. Hmm. Oh, and they, that event happened eight years ago. Before you know it, you are now defending a night. She, she, she done laid out so many reasons to never get back with somebody like this. <laughs> Lord have mercy, Dr. Romani just strips you naked. You leave like, oh, God, don't don't come back then. That's me. I'm sorry. Wow. You're listening to the voice of reason, man. The V-O-R. We on fire every night. Tonight's topic, Lazarus love. A deeper look into resurrecting a love that was once dead. And we're asking the callers. Please, callers, do not curse on my line. Let me just, uh, Andy's great, man. Andy's great because he be catching it. Like, I, we got a little kill button. That, don't curse when you call in here, please. It's terrestrial radio, man. This is real radio. This is not YouTube. This is not the internet. This is not social media. This is real terrestrial radio. So when you call in, I know you be passionate. You'd be like, oh, God, so talking about my life this evening. No cursing, okay? Please, 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 no cursing, all right? We're talking about Lazarus love, you know, when and why you should resurrect, uh, you, know, um, you know, a past love. If it's ever good to do so, and if it is good to do so, we're asking the callers to give us three reasons for why it's good to do so and we're also asking you guys to give us three reasons for why you would never do it just understand man you know human emotions man it's a labyrinth i need you guys to understand that it's a it's a labyrinth man it's complex it 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 almost looks like a you know a a visual illusion kind of you know Love often undergoes transformative journeys akin to the biblical tale of Lazarus. Just as Lazarus was resurrected from the dead, love too can experience a revival after facing the abyss of lost connections. Now, the question that arises is, when is resurrecting a dead relationship worth the time energy and effort from a metaphysical perspective love embodies an energy that transcends the confines of time and space 
A lot of people think love ain't enough, though. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me re let me say, from a metaphysical perspective, all right? From a metaphysical perspective, love embodies an energy that transcends the confines of time and space. It intertwines souls and creates connections that resonates in the cosmic realm. When love, in its Lazarus form, beckons for resurrection, it signifies an opportunity for profound spiritual growth. It challenges individuals to confront their vulnerabilities and embrace their transformative power of love. Oh, the transformative power of love. Is it transformative? I mean, many people want to stay the same. So if you stay the same, it makes sense to get a new relationship. Because if you stay the same, you're going to wear out that new relationship like a pair of old Nikes. You're going to wear them out. So you're going to need another relationship if you stay the same. The strength of Lazarus loves lies in its resilience, a testament to the enduring spirit of affection that transcends the trials of time. It differs from the initial bloom of love, for it has weathered storms and emerged scarred but intact. This love bears the wisdom of experience, a depth that enriches the relationship with profound understanding and acceptance. This is what your, your big mama and them used to say, y'all going to see. You got to go through something if you want. If it's real, you're going to go through something. Everybody that done, that got something real done went through something. Right? Everybody that got something real and true, sit down with that couple and ask them what they've been through. They're going to tell you the truth. Resurrected love, however, is not without its complexities. Lingering traces of past grievances and hurt may cast shadows upon the revived affection to truly start afresh couples must confront these shadows with courage and vulnerability they must view each other with renewed perspectives recognizing the evolution of their individual selves during the hiatus now you know this is all sounding like work a lot of people don't want to do work you know a lot of people don't want to do work. It's really that simple. Nobody wants to do work. You know, you do the least amount of work when you start something new. Because when you start something new, it's on autopilot. You ain't been through nothing. Y'all just get to chill and, and, and enjoy and float and vibe. That's what it is. I'm sorry I went on a tangent. Let me get Atala back in here. Atala from Houston, Texas. I know. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. We got to grab Andy. <laughs> Aunt, hey, can you get her? I'll tell her from Houston, Texas, man. I want to talk to her because she had three points uh, of for why she would, uh, you know, consider, you know, restarting her thing. Do we have Atala? Let's see. Do we have her? Atala, you're on the line. Talk to me. Atala. Where is Atala? Do we have her? We do not have her. So this is what we do. We're going we're gonna to wait a second. I'm going to go back into my piece here. Uh, let me just say, 
in terms of bringing it back together. One thing you don't. Oh, there she is. There she is. Atala, we got you. Atala, get back. Can in. you hear me? Yes. Hello. Okay. Hello. You, you you had us right. worried for a second. Come on, get back in here. I was about to no, start preaching. I'm hello. I was about to start preaching. <laughs> All right, but Before we got you. Get on your soapbox. Yes. What are you? What? I got one more thing. Yes. Tell one me. One more thing. Yes. One last thing. Keep mm-hmm. people out your relationships. Keep people out mm-hmm. your relationship. Yep. Keep yep. Because hit dogs will holler. Okay. <laughs> and let me just say this. Um, I think one thing that I would like to add to my list of yes is a recommitment to unity without the distraction. Wow. Wait That's a minute. It. A recommitment <laughs> to mm-hmm. unity mm-hmm. without distraction. Yep. You said some very heavy stuff tonight. I appreciate you, Atala. You, when you speak, I listen. You brought who in the building tonight? Houston. Houston, Texas is in the building. As a matter of fact, all of the callers are from Texas right now. So let's get them all in. True Monger, Dallas, Texas, get in here. Yes, sir. What up, brother? What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Uh, it's an interesting topic. A lot of people really don't want to discuss it, honestly. But there's probably a bunch of people listening in the chat that have hooked back up with their ex for that very reason. But they just don't want to talk about it. They don't want to admit what steps they took to actually go through it. Because so, maybe they tried to for- they forced it. And it didn't happen organically. Hmm. There's a difference. If you you break up, you split up for whatever reason. Time passes. You both go on your growth spurt, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Then, like situations may occur where y'all are crossing paths more often, and that spark happens. You start getting along again. You start feeling that connection again. I mean, if it's genuine at the end of the day, why not? Why not embrace that? If it's genuine. No, yeah, if it's genuine. Now, people are trying to interfere and make things happen because they think y'all are good together. That's never going to work. There's always going to be a problem there. But y'all, if y'all can come together, have honest communication about what happened before. Did we lose him? Oh, true monger, we lost you. Get back in here. Call back, brother. Come on. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. When I come forward, you know I got to get these callers back going. We got Reggie from Austin, Texas. We got Mimi from Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, call back, true monger. You were cooking. We was listening. Please call back in. We still got a lot to talk about. Hi, I'm John Gray, and you're in the right place if you want to improve your relationships understand men and women, and grow in love. Today's question is from Amber. I'll read that to you. I've been in a relationship with a guy for two years, and it's been great. However, some time now, he's been stressed out with job and school search, and he's become quite distant. I pushed him by asking what he wants from me, and he said, we should just be friends. He broke up with me yesterday. I just read the cave section of your book, and I'm wondering what happens after you are burned by the cave. Is there a chance that we can get back together? There's a high possibility that you can get back together. But the first thing is to understand 
why he was so irritated and annoyed by you. When men go to the cave, they just need time for themselves. It's not about you. But women generally don't understand that. They feel like, oh, he doesn't love me, he doesn't care about me, and that pushes a panic button. And suddenly you begin to feel needy for reassurance that you are loved. Now, every woman does need reassurance that she is loved. There's no problem with that, but it's the right timing. When men do romantic things, that will give her the reassurance she needs, going out on dates and things like that. She gets a chance to feel special. But every man has a need to connect, but he also has a need to disconnect. And that's his cave time. And when he's in that place of needing to separate, to pull back, if you push at him at that time, then he starts to feel irritated and annoyed and that you become needy. You push this button inside of him that raises his stress level. And already, as you pointed out, he's having challenges in his work. Challenges in a man's work is one of the most difficult things for him to accomplish or to deal with. Because when a man feels successful in his life and in his work, the masculine hormones go up. But then what happens is when he doesn't feel successful, they go down and his interest in his partner will decrease at that time. But if you give him a lot of space so he can pull away and don't try to help him at that time and don't seek reassurance at that time, but to trust, give him trust. He's going through what he needs to do. There's nothing I can do for him other than give him what he needs most, which is trust that he will come out of this. Trust that he still cares about you. But when you don't have that trust, often it's just you don't understand men. And that's why you read my book and you realize men in their case. Listen, man, Dr. John Gray, he's done several of my shows before, and I like John Gray, but... I think he's taking the whole men are from Mars, women are from Venus thing a little too far. Because women pull away too. So do is that the woman cave? Just because you wanna you wanna create a whole concept around somebody pulling away when that's a human action. People pull away. So you know, women just don't understand he's in his cave. Well, what is she in when she pull away? Yeah, I mean, come on now. Like, I love Dr. John Gray. Like I said, he's been on my show several times, man. And, you know, I do believe that uh, uh, he does have, you know, uh, insight. But like I said, I think he's sticking too close, you know, too, too tough to the brand. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. We hibernate differently. Uh, well, I just think it's a human thing. Okay, let's get our guy back in here, True Monger. Wrap your thought on that, man. What were we talking about before you left? Oh, I was saying how uh, people need to have honest communication about whatever the issues were that caused the breakup in the first place, if they even get to that point. Um, you know, just things don't work when they're forced, but if they just happen happen to happen genuinely through as time passes and you grow and she grows and y'all become better people and y'all cross paths. Who who's to say you shouldn't give it another try? But a lot of people like to be petty these days. Because mm -hmm. I guess people think the same seem to think that's cool. Mm -hmm. But that's not the reality for everybody. People grow, people make mistakes, people move on for whatever reasons or excuses they have. Mm-hmm. 
and then you know you mature. Yeah. Ideally, you mature, and if y'all can come together, and y'all realize y'all actually better for each other than than the opposite, give it another shot. So you, your Why whole not? thing is it, you can reconcile if it's organic. If there's any forcing, yeah. pushing, cajoling, it's probably going to crash mm-hmm. and burn. Pretty much. Man, I love your insight. Dallas, Texas is in the building because of Truemonger. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Back in Texas. We haven't left Texas. We're going to roll over to Austin, Texas. Reggie, get in here. Zo, what's up, man? What's up, good brother? What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Man, as far as the topic of um, and love doesn't die, I don't think we can have resurrection without death. Um, you can't skip over Easter. You can't skip over Good Friday and get to Easter Sunday. Ooh. It just doesn't work like that. Somebody gotta die. <laughs> hey, come you on! See what I'm saying? Come and, on, Reverend. I mean, this isn't the this isn't the the, the resuscitation. This is the resurrection. Mm. It's the difference between the two. It's the not a re- wait, wait, wait. Hold on, that, Reggie. Hold on, Reggie. Hold on. Good. See, you can't hit us with bombs and keep hitting us. Let us let us fall asleep for a second and wake back up. <laughs> he <laughs> he said. You, it, it, this isn't a resuscitation. This is a resurrection. So, in order to have a resurrection, there must be a death. Keep cooking, Reggie. The point of the resurrection is that there's something stronger than death. That's the whole point of the thing. Mm. So, in, as far as relationships go, there has to be something stronger than what broke y'all up. And I think the thing that's stronger in this case is a changed mind. That's the strongest thing you could possibly have. Well, let me push. It's stronger than your fear. I agree with it's you. It's stronger than your I, ego. Wait, wait, wait. Let me push back. Let me push. Let me push. I, I like the change perspective piece. A change mind. But is a change mind stronger than love? Because sometimes the love, the relationship be decimated. Say the relationship is the body. Right. Say if we use in Resurrection Sunday, then let's say the resurrection, right? Or Christ's mm-hmm. body died, but the spirit and the soul and the essence of Christ did not die. With that spirit, essence, and soul of Christ's being, be synonymous with love, which is actually the thing that resurrected the situation. Talk to me. I, I, um, as far as uh, I think all of it died, mm. I, I think it was a even love. That's hard for me. That one, all of it died. Yeah, man. Love, love can die, bro. It can I die. don't know. I don't know. But I mean, and I mean, and that's, that's all as far as that's, it's all faith. It's like what you believe or not. You know what I'm saying? But what's stronger than, than death? And I think what's stronger than death is you changing who you are. If if you change who you are, you can see um, love for what it truly is. Stay with me, Reggie. That's the case. Because you're cooking right now, and I love it, man. I love it. You're cooking. Stay with me, Reggie from Austin, Texas, that came in here with a 360 dunk between the legs with the blindfold on. He's got a lot to talk about when we come forward. What's different about the masters and the disasters is that the masters are repairing things effectively so that. We think that what's going on is that, yeah, you know, in a good marriage, people have arguments that are kind of crummy arguments. And, uh, you know, and they're, 
and, and they don't follow communication rules and they, you know, they, they say mean-spirited things and they get defensive and they get critical and they get desperate and upset and they stonewall and they do all this stuff, but at some point they have a conversation where they recover from it. They can talk about it and they can repair it. And so what we want to suggest to you is really, that's really what the major goal ought to be, is how do you, how do you fix things? How do you make your next conversation on this problem area better than your last one? How can you repair it? And so for a lot of years we were looking at the repair attempt itself. How do people try to make it better? You know, like a repair attempt might be, gee, I don't think either one of us is really listening to the other right now. Maybe we should try again. Or a repair attempt might be, uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't really what we're supposed to be talking about. We're getting off on a tangent. Or a repair attempt might be, I need a break. Or a repair attempt might be, you know, I'm sorry. I really, I, I really wish I hadn't said that, you know. And we were looking at the repair attempt and how it, was, how it was said, and we found that we could not predict the effectiveness of repair from the nature of the repair attempt. And in fact, some people were making repair attempts in a beautiful way. It could have been written by a social worker. And, you know, and, and it, was, it was failing. And other people were making repair attempts in this real clumsy way. And it was successful. You know? I remember this one case where this guy who was a chemist, uh, and the, he and his wife were talking about the fact that because of the nature of his work, he, uh, he doesn't know exactly when he's coming home for dinner. He has these experiments going on at work. And, uh, and she said, well, the, the kids get hungry, and, you know, and they don't want to start dinner without you, so they get irritable, and I have to put up with the irritability. And, his, and he said, well, why don't you feed him a snack? And his wife gave him a look like, what do you think I am, a moron? Of course I feed him a snack. She went like that. And he realized he needed to make a little repair. So he, this guy was wearing a red bow tie, and he went. <laughs> that was his repair attempt, this big, stupid grin. You know? And she started to laugh, and the repair attempt was effective. You know? I mean, it changed the way they were going. They weren't in this sort of negative downward spiral. So for years, we were looking at what makes repair attempts effective, and we didn't. That's a heavy concept, repair attempts. But before I peel that back, we still got Reggie in here cooking from Austin, Texas. Get in here, Reg. Man, um, I like that, that, uh, that subject that you just, uh, just made. I think you got to get to the nuts and bolts of what made your relationship die. And um, you have to reverse everything that led to the death. And if you do that, including the mind that you have, it's possible for it to live again. Um, but all but you, of that means but you saw if what your I, partner doesn't. You saw what I added in the chat room. You, you saw that, right? Nah, I didn't see it. Man. Oh, man. Nah. Go ahead. Finish your thought then. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. Um, I think that if you, if you do all those things, but if, if your partner doesn't let you be the best version of yourself, by throwing everything up in your face, you know, what you did to, to mess up the relationship, then that doesn't give you the opportunity to, to, for it to live. Mm. They have to get over themselves, and you have to get over yourself. I love it, brother. It's just, I mean, it's, it's not simple, but it's possible. It's not simple, but it's possible. Reggie, you brought Austin, Texas in the building, man. I appreciate you. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is hit the digits. It's really simple. 1-800-920-1580. We turned up tonight. People been calling in from all over the country. I love the input. This is what I mean by this is a community. This is a national community. People are talking. We are 
talking about it. And Texas is in the building heavy. If you want to bring your city in the building, you know the drill. 1-800-920-1580. Let me get over to Jacksonville, Florida, where one of our favorites is in the building. Mimi. Hey, so. <laughs> Go ahead. Set her song up. Hey, say it. Hey, so. I have to learn the new song. Hazel. Hey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hazel. Hey everyone. All right, all right. What are your thoughts on tonight's topic? This is a great topic and I honestly, sincerely, I would like to piggyback on what Reggie just said. I feel like the old relationship has to die. You have to come from a place of death. It's like um it has to die, you have to have the ashes, and you have to come up like the phoenix and start fresh. Because you're at the same, and you may be the same two people physically, but in order for this new relationship to grow, to be successful, you have to be physically the same, but spiritually, emotionally, hmm. mentally, you've grown. You're different people. I like that. I, I, I like that a lot. Andy seems to always have something to say when you get in here. Andy, what do you have to say nothing to Mimi? Always. Nah, nah, nah. It's all love, Mimi. Really, it's it's nothing it's nothing awful, you know, what you, what you had to say. Um, it just oh, you've been me, nice. Okay. <laughs> it just had me thinking about yesterday's topic, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. The, the soul ties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I guess my question is, like, you know, how do you know you're removed from the soul tie? of your last situation before you get into a new situation. Mm, that's heavy. Mm. A new situation with the same person? A new situation with that's somebody a different. Question. A new Be- situation. Because, you know, you know, uh, Mimi and Reggie are saying that it has to die. So, you know, so a part of yourself, low-key, right. has to die, too, because you had that soul tie with that individual. Well, so, and, yeah. and, and again, I think we are we are in a space where... I don't like disagreeing with people, but I will. I believe love doesn't die. I believe love is synonymous with God. You, you, like you can't use a religious quote like with Jesus when everything about Jesus is unconditional love. I mean, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he would sacrifice his only kid in order to cleanse the, so everything about Jesus is love. So if you're using yeah. Easter and resurrection, I get the motif. But logically right. speaking, according to that book, everything centers around a type of love that is rooted in the sacrifice of what can be sacrificed. Ego. Well, listen, ego, the body, the emotions. Mm-hmm. The fears, the trauma, these are things that can die. Do you see? So I I don't like Mm -hmm. disagreeing because the nature of the show is to allow people to say what they need to say. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, please clarify. May I clarify? Yes. Okay, Reggie was coming from a religious point of view, and that's fine, that's good. But what I meant was... Dying from your old ways, your habits, your right. behaviors. These are things that That's can die. I mean. Yes. 
That's I agree what with I you. meant. Yes, I agree. Because with if you. you repeat the same behavior, you're going to get the same result. So what's the point of getting back together? Because yes, you know that you're both sexually compatible, and that's great. But a relationship, a marriage, cannot survive on mind-blowing sex. Believe me, I know it uh -oh. can't. Uh oh. Okay. Thank you. You need more. <laughs> I. <laughs> I <laughs> Why is it that Mimi always comes in and sultrifies the show? She gets very sultry with her voice and makes all of these. Go ahead, finish saying what you were saying. Well, women, I like sex. Women like sex. I mean, yeah, it's not just yeah. we like sex, good sex, and sometimes bad sex. But, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your relationship cannot survive on just. You know, the physical part, it has to be mentally, spiritually, and the old stuff has to die because you'll be repeating the same cycle and you'll break up again. And, and what's the point of trying again if it's going to be the same behavior? So that's what I mean by death. No, and I totally agree. You have, your mind can die, mm -hmm. right? Because to me, that's where there's, there's somewhat of a flaw in the thought process. Love can die, but your mind can't. He said, the only thing that can be rebooted is a new mind. That's stronger than everything else. And I'm saying, a new mind is stronger than love? No. I believe that love is the impetus for the reconciliation. If there is no love, like everything about y'all could have been bad. Your communication style, the way you were brought up, everything, everything could have been broken. You could have cheated. Everything could have been built on a faulty foundation. But if the love is real, there was no abuse. You guys wasn't beating each other upside the head emotionally, physically, or any of that. Mm -hmm. And there's real love and the connection is still there. You can resurrect that relationship. That's the, But to put the mind over love, let me tell you something. Logic will keep you, listen to what I'm saying, especially mm -hmm. if you want to reach a state of self-realization or what the Buddhists call moksha. The Hindus call it nirvana. The Westerners call it self-realization or self-actualization according to Maslow's hierarchy, right? If you want to reach that state, you have to transcend the logical and the intellectual. Sometimes men try to intellectualize spirit. Relationship is inherently spiritual. Mm -hmm. And relationship, and guess what else is spiritual? Inherently. Unhealed wounds. Mm -hmm. These are psychological and spiritual things happening in your being. And those things can die. They can be transmuted. They can be transformed. But to turn around and say, oh, love can die, but the mind can't. That sounds like 17th century European talk because mm -hmm. they took spirit out of science. Let's just keep it. Let's keep it a buck. Logic does not trump love. It just doesn't. God is operating at a level of love. But this is why most relationships don't work, because it doesn't make sense. Ooh, ooh. I, I, I'm not here to tear people down. I want people to have their own opinion. I'm just saying you can't put mind over love. What? 
The old man. I don't think mind. Reggie was saying that. Well, I don't no, think no, no. I was saying that I'm either. not saying you said that, child. Can I go on my diatribe? <laughs> what in yes. the world? Can I say my part? <laughs> I didn't say you said nothing. Can, this is how I see it. Can, yes. When, when can I have my part? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love you, girl. We appreciate the call. Mimi from Jacksonville, Florida, always on fire. We appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Listen, it's just my view. I, everybody get their view. When I start talking, everybody will come back and say something about me, what I said. I'm just saying my piece. Can I, can I have my piece? I believe love supersedes and trumps everything. Everybody don't believe that. Hell, we live in a society right now that tells us love ain't enough. Am I lying? All I'm saying is, if you trying to get a Lazarus love, you go, <laughs> what you going to rebuild it on? See, what, what you going to rebuild it on? You hear people say, oh, we rebuild it on rebuilding the trust. Well, for most people, trust is rooted in fear. Oh, we we gonna we gonna rebuild the connection. Well, what is the adhesive that holds the connection together? I'm I'm just asking. I don't know. <laughs> when I come forward, I, I'm gonna yell at y'all some more. Hey man, let that ride. Let that ride, man. Here we go again. My playlist is on fire. You already know it's my co-host. Listen, when you're trying to rebuild love, you need some keys. You can let it just, you can let it float. You know, you're going to need some keys to the Lazarus, you know, Lazarus love and reconciliation. Just understand this. There's, there's a couple of strategies, right? To prevent falling back into old patterns that contributed to the initial decline of love, couples can employ several strategies. Firstly, self-awareness is crucial. Recognizing and acknowledging one's own negative behaviors and patterns is the first step towards change. Secondarily, open and honest communication is absolutely vital. Couples should create a safe space to express their needs, concerns, and desires, fostering understanding and empathy. Lastly, setting and maintaining healthy soundries can help prevent the reemergence of destructive patterns. So destructive patterns have to die. You know what else got to die? You got to learn how to balance, right, individual and couple growth. A lot of times we pay attention to our own process and we're not really looking at the couple's process. Our ego has to die. Our selfishness has to die. Our mistrust has to die. So these are some strategies here. During the resurrection of an old love, it's essential for partners to grow both individually and as a couple. Individual growth allows each partner to bring their best selves into the relationship, fostering personal fulfillment and self-actualization. Simultaneously, Couples must engage in shared activities such as pursuing common goals or hobbies to foster a, a sense of togetherness and, and a shared experience. Then the other thing, the role of external support systems. 
external support systems such as therapy or counseling can be immensely beneficial when attempting to resurrect love. The, uh, these professionals provide guidance, tools, and techniques to navigate the complexities of rebuilding a relationship. Therapy can help couples gain insight into their own dynamics as well as the dynamics of the relationship. Therapists can help you heal past wounds and develop effective communication strategies. Your ineffective communication strategies have to die. Your external support system that were your manless homegirls and homeboys, your, 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 your career relationship failure guys like me, don't talk to us, okay? Don't talk to us. Go talk to a therapist, right? That's what kind of external support system you need, all right? And then if you hadn't done it before, you got to do it for the new iteration of your relationship, and that is embrace vulnerability and authenticity. Embracing vulnerability and authenticity is crucial for couples negotiating and navigating the journey of reviving their love. It requires creating a safe space where partners can express their true selves without fear of judgment or rejection. Vulnerability allows us to experience a deeper emotional connection and fosters trust while authenticity ensures the relationship is built on genuine foundations. Listen, all the, all the mess we used to do, the lying, the stonewalling, the concealing of our true feelings, these are things that are subject to death if we want to rebuild something substantive, something meaningful. But listen, what do I know? Nothing. I just start the conversations. It's your job to finish it. You know who's up next? Jill Monroe. You already know she's going to keep the fire lit. RSVP with Jill Monroe. Let's get it cracking. I'll see y'all tomorrow for my Friday. Deuces.